Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right by the people who know travel insurance. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. And thanks for spending part of your day with me. I really appreciate that. Uh, Our thoughts are definitely with the Gifford family. Kathy Lee Gifford lost her husband, Frank, a couple of days ago at their home in Connecticut. So uh, Kathy Lee, been on the show a couple of times. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are definitely with you and your son and daughter and your family there. So uh, with that said, Cruise Radio Insider. Come join us, won't you? Just search Cruise Radio Insider on Facebook or check out the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Also, our Cruise Radio News segment, it's gone daily. If you want to subscribe to that, you can. Just search Cruise Radio News in iTunes. We also have an article. I'll link to it in the show notes here on this week's show. All right, enough is enough. Let's get right to the interview. Carrie Stang and his wife just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas, one of the world's largest cruise ships. And Carrie is traveling right now, but he joins us from his hotel room in Houston to talk all about his cruise. Hello, Carrie. How you doing, Doug? Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, man. Likewise, likewise. Always a pleasure to talk to you. So let's talk all about this Oasis cruise. So before we actually step foot on the ship, uh, let's take a step back and tell me uh, what made you want to sail Oasis of the Seas? Because if I understand correctly, you sailed Oasis or Allure, what, about a year or so ago? Yeah, good memory, Doug. It was uh, about a year to the day. Wow. Okay, nice. What yeah, up? actually, and to coin a, a former Royal Caribbean marketing slogan, <laughs> actually, I travel on business quite a bit, and I happen to be out of town for my wife's birthday this year, so we we just needed some time alone to stop, wind down, and relax, and no better way to do that than on a cruise, so uh, Oasis got the luck of the draw. Very nice. Well, I'm sure she enjoyed a cruise as a birthday present. I mean, you can't really beat that. So you get to the uh, Terminal 18 in Fort Lauderdale, or Port Everglades, they call it. How was embarkation? Because they say Terminal 18 has really, really fast embarkation. Yeah, you know, we've been to Terminal 18 several times before, as you know, and we expect to go pretty fast. The one thing this go-around with security seemed to be a little bit heightened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so regardless of our diamond status, uh, you still everybody has to go through security. So... But I timed it, and from the point we stepped foot in the front door to the point where we got on board in the promenade deck on Oasis, it was 35 minutes. So that's still pretty good. Yeah, not We arrived at the pier about 11.30, so yeah. on board by 12.05. Now, do you normally park at the actual cruise pier itself? Normally we do, but this time we rented a car. We drove down to Fort Lauderdale, stayed at uh, the Cambria Suites, which is a great pre-cruise option Mm -hmm. and uh, from there we took our car back to the airport got a a little sedan to take us over to terminal 18 and board the ship nice you mentioned you were uh, your diamond status with royal caribbean does that kind of does that get you any uh, embarkation privileges it does once you get past security they have a special line for you at the pier Mm -hmm. uh, or at the terminal i should say but other than that, you don't get ahead of anybody else. You have to be pinnacle status or in a suite to really get uh, bonus points there. Gotcha. So you make your way aboard Oasis of the Seas, and you're no uh, stranger to these ships, but what were your impressions this go-around? Uh, we've been on Oasis before, and this go-around, she looked just as beautiful as she did the first time. Great condition. I know she had a refurbishment light last year, but uh, she's still in great shape, just like she's a new ship. Nice. And uh, what kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions of it? We had a balcony stateroom, starboard side, midship deck eight. It was in the perfect location, right on the same deck as uh, Central Park. 
So it was really quick access, easy access to anywhere we wanted to go on the ship. The stateroom was great, roomy, plenty of storage space. And the balcony was slightly extended because it was just on the edge of what people refer to as the hump. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stiff, ship sticks out a little bit in the middle. So it was a good location. And I want to clarify, you said you were in a balcony stateroom, but you were in a balcony that actually faced the ocean, correct? That's correct. Great question. Yeah. A lot of people don't uh, realize that when they book a balcony that they could end up facing Central Park or the boardwalk, but we had an ocean view. Yeah, I, I booked Delore back in 2011, and I booked a balcony. I was so excited about it, and I got on the ship, and it was the balcony facing Central Park. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, not so much, but I was happy to be on a ship. Uh, so I digress. Let's move on here and talk about dining, because this ship has like two dozen dining options. So I don't even know where to start, so we'll start at the top, like at the uh, – what do they call their Lido deck up there, the buffet area? Uh, it is referred to as the Windjammer. Okay, so yeah, let's start at the Windjammer and work our way down. What do you think of that? Windjammer we only went to one time, uh, actually two. It's a little bit smaller than what you would normally expect on a Royal Caribbean cruise because they have so many other dining options. The food options in the uh, Windjammer are not as not as many options, if you will. But it was good. It was clean. The food was good, and uh, we enjoyed our, our lunch there. How about the main dining room? Main dining room, they recently broke it out into three separate dining rooms in preparation for dynamic dining, which they since have halted going forward with, as you know. Mm-hmm. We are not uh, big fans of the main dining room any longer, so we do uh, we choose to do specialty dining throughout the length of our cruise. Gotcha. Now, the, uh, you know, they were going to implement dynamic dining, then they're gonna, they pulled it back. So when you're sailing on this, like as, uh, as you were sailing, do they actually give you an assignment, though, like late, anytime, or early dining? Yeah, so we had been set up for my time dining. We were late bookers, and we weren't really interested in in uh, dining in the main dining room anyway, so it really didn't matter to us. Sure. But we were set up with my, my time dining, which is similar to any time dining on Princess or freestyle dining, as you would be familiar with on NCL. With Royal Caribbean's anytime dining, do you have to prepay gratuities for that? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, when you book, uh, that's one of the requirements is that you prepay your gratuities. Gotcha. Okay. Very nice. So let's talk about some specialty restaurants then because you, you barely ate in the main dining or you didn't eat in the main dining room. You barely ate at the Windjammer. So talk to us about where you did eat on the ship. Okay. Yeah, great. So we went our first night. We went to Izumi, which I know is a fan favorite of a lot of people. They had, when they referred the Oasis, they moved Izumi down from the top deck overlooking the ocean down into fourth deck, which just outside the casino. Um, personal preference would be that uh, it's not as nice of a, uh, a location or it's not as nice of a venue, if you will, because you kind of lose a nice open light and all those types of things. Our first night, we went into the hibachi section. So they basically built in a hibachi restaurant into mm-hmm. Izumi, and the other half is your traditional sushi. So we did the hibachi section the first night, and to wrap up our cruise, we finished up on the sushi side. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Did you do chops at all? Uh, we were not fans of chops, okay. but uh, we did do Giovanni's Table. We did the Solarian Bistro. Um, when we looked at our reservations on our screen in our room, it actually had Devonly Decadence, which is a dining venue on Quantum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they must be in the process of changing the name there, but the Solarian Bistro is one of our favorite menus there. Giovanni's Table was fantastic. We also tried the tapas in Vintages with some wine. 
We did 150 Central Park, always a great option for a special night out, those types of things. So we pretty much did the gamut on all of the specialty dining and all the food was fantastic. Very nice. And let's talk about the entertainment on board uh, Oasis of the Seas because, as our listeners may or may not know, it's everything from comedy clubs to Broadway shows and you name it, it's on there. So what did you think of the entertainment on board? I thought the entertainment was fantastic. Uh, we went to Cats, which is the full Broadway show. In fact, it's a two-hour production, and it has an intermission in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think that today's appeal for people in entertainment, they're looking for a little bit more immediate, I, I'm not sure, action or things like that. You know, with Broadway shows, it's it's more of a it, you lead up and you build up a story through a plot. So... During the intermission, a lot of people left, not because they didn't like the show, but I think it was because it was progressing over time. And uh, But it was a fantastic show. If you love Broadway, cast is a great musical to go to, and they did a fantastic job. Great cast. Whenever you're talking about going to these musicals like Cats, did you have to make reservations in advance, or could you do it while you were on the ship? You could get in while you're on the ship, but we made reservations in advance. Back to the specialty dining, did you do the same thing with that? Absolutely, yeah. We we planned all our specialty dining way in advance using their uh, pre-checked and planner and cruise planner, if you will. Would you recommend that for people who may be considering these big ships? It, it really depends. I will say that it can be confusing mm-hmm. going through the scheduling process. So unless you, you're very familiar with that particular site and how to use it, it could be very frustrating. But if you want to make sure that you're going to see a particular show, like the Aqua Theater or Cats, or the ice skating show on a particular time to align with your dining and those types of things, I definitely recommend planning it in advance. Nice. Now, uh, let's talk about the sea days, because you were like on one of the world's largest cruise ships, 5,000-plus passengers, and at sea, the only place those passengers can go is on the ship. So uh, did, you, did you notice any congestions or any mer- uh, areas of mass congestion while you had your two days at sea? Not at all. And you would think with over 6,000 people on board that you would run into that. And uh, we went to pretty much all the venues, the pool, the solarium, which is an adults-only area at the front of the ships, fantastic there. All the promenade deck, Central Park, also uh, the boardwalk. None of those areas ever felt like they were congested or overcrowded. It was It was very comfortable. You know, this is a sidebar note, but it, it just boggles my mind that Costa's building those two 180,000-ton ships that are going to put 6,600 people on. And it's Ooh. just so crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, very interesting there. Okay, well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up, then, and we'll talk about what ports you hit and which one was your favorite. Well, we went to Labadee, Haiti, which is the, the – I don't want to call it private island, but it's, it's kind of a private location. Private peninsula, Haiti. maybe. Yeah, yeah, and – we had a fantastic time. We went to Labadee many, many years ago and several times, but they've really, Royal Caribbean's really done a great job bringing Labadee up to speed. There's so many options there. We really enjoyed the Dragon's Breath oh, zip yeah. line, over 2,000 feet going down very fast over the, the bay there in Labadee. We had a great time on that. Uh, we enjoyed the beach. I did some snorkeling. Quick tip for those GoPro users that are new to GoPro, mm-hmm. make sure you put the right case on your GoPro because they don't like salt water too well. Ooh, uh, <laughs> you didn't fry yours, did you? 
I took mine into salt water and I quickly researched on YouTube what to do and I uh, figured out how to get it working again. So I'm okay, but <laughs> did you actually, did you at least get good video? I didn't get video of the zip line with the GoPro. I had to use my cell phone. Okay, but it, it turned out good though, I'm sure. Yeah, I have to do some production on it because <laughs> another side note, the I was using my uh, my stick, if you will, my selfie stick to hold on to it because yeah. you have to hold on pretty tight. You're going right. pretty fast. And when I got to the end, when you get to the end of the zip line, there is this really abrupt stop where your legs and your body all flip forward and then back and then back forward, so forward and back quite quickly. And my camera went flying off the selfie stick, <laughs> or my phone did went flying. And uh, I've got video of these guys speaking in Haitian, talking about how crazy it was. I don't know exactly what they were saying, but it was funny. The phone was fine, everything. I got the video of it flying all over the place. <laughs> nice. And you said the other two ports were Jamaica and Cozumel. Anything special in those ports? Yeah, we also did. We went to Falmouth, Jamaica, and in Falmouth, Jamaica, we just got off the ship and went over into the port area there that uh, Royal Caribbean had built out uh, when they put together Falmouth, and we were pleasantly surprised by a Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville, and it had a great little like pool that you would see in a resort area with a wet bar, and they had a big margarita glass as a hot tub mm-hmm. that you could go up into, that kind of thing. We had great lunch there. We had our cheeseburger in paradise. <laughs> we had our margarita in Margaritaville. We really enjoyed the time. The staff was fantastic. We was joking with us. We had a great time. And then we went back to the ship. Nice. Well, in closing here, Carrie, do you have any first-time tips for people who may be considering or who may be sailing Oasis? Yeah, don't try and get everything in. The ship has so much to do. Just think about what you can enjoy, relax, have a great time. There's plenty of entertainment on board. Don't try and put too much into your cruise. Just relax, enjoy the things that you would like to do, whether it's as a family or whether it's as individuals. Just enjoy your vacation. How was disembarkation for you? Disembarkation, Doug, was really easy. Here's a quick tip. Go to Central Park, eat at the Park Cafe. They have great breakfast. Sit out there in the sun, relax, and wait for your number to be called, and you'll get off really easy. The only challenge in Terminal 18 is there's a lot of luggage for 6,000 people, so once they start disembarking people, the lines can feel like they're really long because they are, and you have to get to your luggage. But you actually get off in about, I would say, 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah, we left the ship, I think, at 10. No, we left the ship at 9.30. And we were uh, curbside by 10.15. Great advice. We've been talking with Kerry Stang. Him and his wife just returned from a seven-night Western Caribbean sailing aboard Oasis of the Seas from Port Everglades. Kerry, always great having you on the show, my friend. Welcome home and have a good week. Yeah, thank you, Doug, and I appreciate the time with you. Have a great day. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.